Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by our friends at ProTaper. I'm Don Maeda, joined by Chase Curtis, Alex Ray, Mike Antonovich on the phone. And it is the Monday after Daytona Supercross. The Daytona Supercross, is it still by Honda? Yeah. I think so. Was it yeah. by Honda? Yeah. No, 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 no. Just Monster Energy. Now. Monster Energy, Daytona oh, Supercross. Wow. Okay. Daytona International Speedway, World Center of Racing, the biggest pain in the ass to get credentials to. Oh, dude, it is. dude, you don't even know. You don't even know <laughs> oh, what it man. was like this year. Because, like, shout out to the Daytona people. Cool track. They got all their stuff. Anybody that's ever been there, um, that is hollowed ground to those retirees that live in Florida. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I had a 65-year-old woman uh, try to, like, cross-check me up as I got through the third layer of security because she didn't see my hard card around my neck yeah, uh, and tried to like juke me out. So I couldn't get through the gate, even though I had just gotten past her two other employees Mm -hmm. Friday, a guy tried to stop me in a golf cart as I was walking in with all my stuff because he didn't think I needed to be where I was. Yeah. And then uh, we had a press manager because I guess he had Jay or not J bone uh, Jim Perry in his ear about where we could and couldn't stand Mm -hmm. with a megaphone walking the whole perimeter (laughs) of the track. Any like in your ear with the megaphone telling you you couldn't stand there. He would like get in your shot. We had a good five minute confrontation because I crossed the imaginary line to see if there was a white flag. It was, I swear to God, if you bought a ticket, if you bought a ten head or ten dollar tread head seat ticket, you had better access than any of the media. Yeah. Wow. It's gnarly, it dude. Like uh... dick, dude. It sucked. <laughs> and then and then like there was like was there no security at the end of the night when everybody just dude? Like, that's what I was wondering. It's like a yeah. college football game. Oh no, they dude. encourage that. They encourage that. What? The, I, what? The, I, it is so backwards there. It is so backwards there that they are so worried that the people that do the job every single weekend don't know what we're doing when we walk through those gates. Yeah. Yet they. Drive that goddamn mule at 65 <laughs> miles an hour down the apron of the racetrack away from all of those fans that are just ready to crush that barricade. Yeah. Like oh, the, wow. The, the, and I understand there's a precedent was the key word of the weekend. Precedent. Uh, I heard that so many goddamn times about the precedent <laughs> of safety. But like, he's he's riled up. I got yelled at so many times this weekend for nothing, and like every single photographer got yelled at for nothing all weekend. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, it's. I got. I well, this is kind of my fault, but I walked across one year when Daytona Supercross was during the day, but I walked across the lawn with a painted Daytona on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I almost got thrown out of the whole place. Holy oh, cow. you might as well have walked over Dale Earnhardt's gravestone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the and granted, mad. I made a pilgrimage to turn four because you know R.I.P. the Intimidator. I remember where I was when I found out he died. Uh, but like they are on some shit at Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. It is something. That is yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, there's is, a uh, lot of people flying off the track. I would I would think so. like. 
Did you uh, stand over by the sand at all? Because, dude, like, I mean, it seemed like. Oh, no, you're, that, you were, that was a no-go. You couldn't go that over. Oh, yeah. No-go. Okay. It wow. seemed like the TV, one of the cameras would pass through where it looked like everyone, all the photographers were standing within like a little circle. Rewatch, yeah, if you rewatch the race, yeah. uh, there's a little circle by the sand yep. and it's painted on the ground. You can see where we can go. <laughs> and then if yeah. you rewatch the race again uh, and pause it on the start finish line, we had to be 15 feet away from each of the backsides of the berms <laughs> and then another 15 feet away from where the crossover lane was from the sand into that set of doubles into the turn. Jeez. That so, was basically like that. It was like being a mime in and in like in a pantomime. Like you could not go out of those walls. It was great. <laughs> so it made your, your guys' job very, very hard for like taking photos and everything. Yeah. I think every all seventy five photographers there, also those from the uh, the village Sunday retirement home times, like we all got the same angles all weekend. Oh, yeah, that's a great. So you, you couldn't shoot from the uh, you couldn't shoot from up on the banks. You're not allowed to, and it's so because of the mule. Like you could, but it's so dense because of the crowd, and it sucks because last year. And like I love Daytona; that is a cool race. Like I'm just kind of in my feelings because I got yelled at all weekend. Mm-hmm. But like last year when we got to go up on the bank, and it granted it sucked because the crowd couldn't be down there. It opened up a whole new perspective of how awesome that race is. Like the the length of the track and just how you could shoot up and see the ruts and the background of being at that speedway. And then to take it away again this year and get down to the most restricted access we've ever had mm-hmm. was just like such a kick in the nut. I was yeah. I was surprised honestly that you guys got to film on uh, press day. Some- oh, there was also that was when the first term, first use of the term precedent was used <laughs> was on Friday because I asked, hey, there's no crowd here today, and uh, the mogul like the whoops into those offset moguls. Uh, they were having the guys bypass that so they would fly down the grass on the infield. Mm-hmm. Well, the grass is dead, so it just kicks out dust. Worst defender of that one was Vince Freeze because Vince would haul ass down the grass and then lock it up and just kick up this big dust cloud so you couldn't see through the dust mm-hmm. to shoot anything. So I asked the people, I'm like, hey, you know, there's no crowd here today. Can I just go stand up on the on the concrete banking of the speedway and then shoot down? So, like, we're not all in each other's way. And the guy's like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, there's nobody here today. He goes, yeah, but tomorrow there's going to be people here, and that's going to set the precedent for tomorrow, so I can't do that. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, Jeez. like here we go. And oh, then from man. that moment on, dude, I, me, I told Sean Brennan this on Saturday night to his face. I said, if I come to Detroit and you have a megaphone, I am taking my shit out of the photo den, and I am working at Starbucks for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> I cannot do this again. The megaphone Was the it megaphone, was, man? A Feld employee or a Daytona employee? Uh, Daytona employee. Oh, well, yeah. And Russ is cool. Russell is a cool dude. but And I get that that guy, you know, had Jim Perry scream at him all night, too. But holy shit, it was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Daytona has always been one of the races I'm, like, on my bucket list, you know? Really? But every year I hear stuff like this, and I'm like, do I really want to go deal with that? You just need to go as a fan. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It's not a fun race to work it sounds yeah. like <laughs> well in yeah, the past dude, like I uh, think you can... in, in the past feld down. has had no like you couldn't just use your supercross right. credential you right, had to right. apply to daytona international speedway yeah and then you had to go to this little press office and you had to see this guy chris carter mm-hmm. this, is he still there anton no it's a guy bill english now oh um, he's been there forever then... too 
he's been there forever. And but it's the same thing. You still have to file all this paperwork and then go get your stickers. And then you only have like if you want to shoot victory lane, okay, that's cool. That's one sticker. But if you wanted to shoot from the top of the grandstands, that's a different sticker. But you can only have one or the other. You can't have both. Oh mm. Jesus. Oh my god. So and then and then you get there. And then you still have to go to another – you have to go to the AMA truck to get a Daytona sticker for your credential. So mm-hmm. then they register that too. So like you have to make two pit stops just to get into the track with your hard card issued by self. Yeah. But they're working together better now, and uh, I'll explain a little bit more about how all this is going on later because i got to tell you guys about the World Supercross thing. Um, Daytona understands like, hey, it's easier if we let the people that run this thing 16 other weekends out of the year help us keep their facilities, their utilities, their structures, their banners, their tough blocks. Keep all that stuff going because it just makes the job easier for them and it mm-hmm. leaves like continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gotten easier. It, it has gotten easier in some ways. And it looks the same. Like they showed some video of the finish line structure from a few years ago. Where was that one by Honda? It, it's the Feld one now. It's the same one that'll be mm-hmm. in Detroit on Friday or Saturday. Uh, okay. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't care if Feld is running it completely now. Daytona can suck it. Dude, that's hilarious. Because <laughs> ev- all the like all the media guys that have been doing it for like 20 years or whatever that I talked to, they're all like the same exact way. They all completely hate the round. Well, I mean, here's why, here's is- why I hate it. I worked at Cycle News for eight years, seven yeah. years. Yeah. And back then, it was like the Gainesville National, the the Orphan National, that was way too early. So it was Gainesville National Sunday. So I'd fly to uh, wherever, and I'd go to Gainesville. And Monday morning, I'd drive from Gainesville to Daytona, check in at the Hampton Inn, and I'd cover some road race, some vintage piece of shit. Oh, you had to do all bike yeah, week. Yeah, old road race in the morning, and then the night I had to cover a flat track. And then I'd have to cover the Alligator Enduro. And then I'd have to cover the Volusia short track. Like It was like, I think, 17 races through the week Jeez. I'd cover. Yeah. And the grand finale was Daytona Supercross. But it used to be on Sunday, mm-hmm. and it used to be during the day. Mm-hmm. And you used to have 40 riders in the main event. And so like the Daytona Supercross was awesome, but it was at the end of a week when I was just exhausted. Yeah. And, and just over it, right? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, Daytona can suck it. And then, and then I've also, like, <clears throat> like there have been times when I've had to, like, couldn't get a hotel because, like, it's bike week, right? So everyone is there. Yeah, yeah. hotels are very And I've had to, like, stay on – I stayed on Rich Taylor's floor one time in some shitty <laughs> motel. Yeah. Jeez. Like, I went to Walmart and bought a, a mattress and a sleeping bag. Yeah. And I woke up, and there were these bugs all over me. Oh, oh my god! Oh, they're, like, two inches long with big wings. <laughs> I don't know. Palmetto bugs? Is that what they're called? I have no I don't idea. Know, dude, but I was just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, another year I had to sleep on Eric Kehoe's floor. It was terrible. Go in, there, go in there as a racer. I mean, it's always cool whenever you get to pit inside like the actual yeah, garages yeah. and everything, right? That's sick. I've never had any luck there. I've always sucked there. I mean, I've qualified good, but mm-hmm. whenever it came to racing, I would always either like eat shit or get taken out or just get a bad start. I don't mm-hmm. know. That start always pushes that way out wide and then you're freaking your your nights pretty much over you know pretty quick uh if you're me and then but as a race though isn't that track gnarly because it doesn't look like it's it's so gnarly it's not lit as well as a no so i was watching i was watching the race and they were talking about you know on the broadcast about eli tomac running roll-offs i thought 
you know, like I didn't even think about the sand, you know, pulling tear offs. They were talking about March Banks going in for more goggles. Goggles, yeah. But I was more on his side about the roll offs just because of the glare that it has. Okay. Because mm-hmm. it's tear not. Off yeah, in the back turn, like over there where that they were three and onto the table, step off before that big ski jump. Back there, it's super dark. Like right. you can't see much, and then you have like your shadows too. It's not really lit as well as it seems. Yeah. And like it has shadows one, and then two, it has like a gnarly glare from the lights. Yeah. Anton, I think a couple guys on your How Was Your Weekend said that they wish the lights were higher and then angled further down or whatever, just so they could see the yeah. lights and stuff better. There's that. There's like little hot spots too. If you mm-hmm. look at that far turn, like so turn two, where they're mm-hmm. going through. Uh, if you look right in the center of that turn, there's a big spotlight just right there, but they can't separate it better any more than they have it. And then, like, that dirt is dark. Even though it looks, like, okay on TV, that's because, you know, they're shooting it all the way down from the top of the building. Mm-hmm. It's, like, pitch black. It doesn't matter what you do. You yeah. know, it's still pretty pretty damn dark. It'd be cool if they could make it out of, like, that red clay that the starting line is totally, because yeah, that's yeah. so bright. Like, that would be awesome for you guys, but it wouldn't be the dark – Daytona dirt that everybody known is known for and that they have so much of, you know, there's, there's a reason they only got so much clay, mm-hmm. but I dude, didn't... yeah, it had, it would have to be like another couple dozen light rigs to make that thing really, or not a couple dozen, but like another three or four light rigs could make that place way better, mm-hmm. but that's a lot of expense and a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of light, like, and they don't have space either. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it the way, cause I mean, we have a night track at my house uh, that my dad runs. And we're always trying to reposition, like, you know, anytime wind comes, it'll reposition the lights and everything, and they're all fucking pointed everywhere. But there, you got to think, like, all the lights are pointing at the road. The pavement. Yeah, the pavement. They're not pointing yeah, out there at the, the track. So, no. like, it's hard for them, I feel like, to to light the place, I guess, whenever it's not in the ideal spot. Totally. That's why Daytona should be on Sunday afternoon with 40 guys. Totally. 85 In degrees. addition... In addition to that, too, the other concern that they have, they're trying to light the pavement on the high banks. All the way through the infield on the inside wall are these massive spotlights with these huge reflectors on them that they shine the light out for. So all those big lights that are on the top really, yeah, those work to cast light onto the track. But when it comes to racing at Daytona, when they're racing cars, which is what they're worried about, all of that stuff's pretty much taken care of by the lights carved around the infield. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would love to see it be a day race again. Uh, during the last practice session, when the crowd really wasn't on the high banks as much, I went up there and watched and shot photos from it. It was awesome, dude. It was so cool. And to think like, wow, they could do this again. And you would just see like just how gnarly Daytona used to be and how these guys would adapt to it would be cool. Yeah. But then again, to hear how big that crowd was and how loud they got at the end of the night, you know you're not going to get that crowd if you make everybody come when it's like, you guys said 85 degrees in the middle of the day. Totally. Oh, when yeah. they passed, when Eli and Cooper were getting at it, and I was standing right there when it all happened with Shane, they, the crowd was so loud it drowned out all of the sound of the bikes, and I've never really? heard it that. Wow. I've never heard it that loud in my life. Like to the point that I'm like, does Eli have a beach house here that we don't know about, and all of these people <laughs> love him that much because <laughs> they fucking love that dude well and i think too like they were all stoked i mean for one like they're up having beers it's daytona right you got all the drunk fans all that and then they i guess maybe felt like they got to see history because eli did get to break you know ricky's yeah you know i gotta say i talked so i heard about how gnarly the crowd was throughout the day just from texting people and stuff that were there 
But uh, some of the people were I would talk to were like, oh, it's because bike week. It's the start of bike week and all that. Dude, but like bike week's dwindling down. Like there's a huge event that's – He would know. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a huge event in the Midwest <laughs> that most of those those big uh, companies that were part of bike week mm-hmm. are, are now a part of. So it's it's not that. Those were like core Supercross guys. He's been texting yeah. back and forth with everything. <laughs> Hell's Angels, new, newest recruit, freaking yeah. Benny Tazi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to get his colors. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I didn't see any pictures of Boner Garage this year. She Bo- died. Whoa. She died? Yeah. No. I heard that that lady died. Like, Carrie Hart even had, like, it's not going to be the same without her post a couple months. <laughs> no way. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a bummer. Holy crap. That dude. is such um, a bummer. There's another thing about Bike Week, though, because my dad has gone before, and, like, we just had this conversation this morning about it, actually. It's such a weird time. Of, like, it's a great time of year because it's the start of spring break and all that. But the weather can be really inconsistent there. There's mm-hmm. some years that it's awesome, and there's some years that it's really cold, and there's some years that it's wet. You know, it's Florida. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, now that the race is the start of bike week and not the end of it, it seems like all of the people that are there right now are off-road people it's all yeah. people that are going to do daytona supercross that are going to go do the gncc that they want to do the, the amateur race yep. you know it's that kind of stuff not not so much the harley riders i didn't see as many harley riders as i was expecting but i did see enough you know middle-aged white women butts hanging off the back of sissy bars the last <laughs> rest of the year oh yeah yeah I, mean, I heard the i heard amateur was like sold out like max entries entries yeah yeah wow I think that event usually does pretty good on the mm-hmm. Saturdays. Um, Kenny Taco Bell there all week with the all uh, week all week wow. with the freestyle guys doing demos. They're um, still doing demos on Sunday, huh? Oh, they're dude, doing them today, right? Dude, they're doing them all week. Oh, Kenny, really? No, Kenny Taco Bell is there all week with the guys. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, doing that, a show every day. Was, that's part of the Monster thing. So Monster owns Bike Week now. I did not know that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So Kenny's making rent. So that's what he's doing. He's there all week. He's freaking, and I think I think like they have each show at like one o'clock in the afternoon every mm-hmm. day. So, yeah, I mean, he's freaking there. He's partying. I'm sure he's freaking having some beers. Hey, hey Anton, was it time, windy? Was it not not was it breezy? Yeah, no. Uh, because it, it looked like be, it, and then it it was supposed to be, but then it wasn't so bad. Like I was okay. worried about that because that's another thing that can happen there. Mm. Uh, dude, it was awesome. Like okay. Friday was awesome, perfect weather, you know, a little dry uh, because of, it didn't seem like they had water enough. But then by Saturday, like, it was all time. You know, that was a great day. It was beautiful weather because Anton was in shorts. Oh, really? I was. I took – oh, yeah, on Friday I was in shorts. Oh, dude, the top you of his needed to wear. Burnt. You needed to wear shorts Saturday night because that would have helped the lumen hit the track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do the guys some favors man give us a little bit more light on the crew it would it would look like those dunlop leader lights in the corner <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's a good one. Oh man okay so racing dude tomac is gnarly yeah cooper to me th- th- i okay, feel like cooper okay. would have had it dude to me tomac felt all, like he looked off all day yep. like watching him he in was. practice he was he just looked off he didn't look comfortable Mm-mm. or anything and I think once the main started, he seen that, I guess Malcolm and Anderson they had their little deal, and he yeah. was, he was just gonna ride smart after that and just sort of let the race come to him, mm-hmm. you know. And that's kind of what he did. I mean, I mean he started reeling in Webb. I think he got more comfortable the more yeah. he rode the track during the main event. Totally. But yeah, it was it was 
it was a great one. It was the the uh, the surge at the end though wasn't as like dramatic as it no, has it been wasn't. in the past. Yeah. It was just slow and steady. But do you guys think? Well, like all all the talk is, you know, the the new bike KTM Husky is not good for Supercross. But since Daytona is so rough, do you think that bike worked better there? Totally. I like, think even Malcolm, like this, the twenty seconds we got to watch him on qualifying, even though he was P one. Dude, he looked so good. The bike looks so good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like, why, why couldn't we see that lap, dude? I don't. It the broadcasting is so dude, the, annoying. The, quali- every the week. qualifying, the qualifying broadcasting is a bit, is a bit. It's like, like oh, they, a group. They, let's show an interview. Let's yeah, <laughs> a group. Let's show an interview. Or hey, let's show. I don't. I don't know. Is Chase Sexton doing a, doing a roll lap? Yeah, or something. I mean, man, so I want to see these guys. Like, I mean, I get it, you know, like, they're talking about the topics, they're talking about Webb, they're talking about Tomac and Anderson, all these people, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. there's, I know, like, whenever you're there watching, like, the, I guess, practice, the qualifying, right? Yeah. Someone who's looking at the live timing can see, like, the green, where there's someone's on a fast mm-hmm. lap or something to where they see, like, hey, they're the yeah. fastest in this segment, fact, fastest in this When segment. I'm at the stadium, when we're at the stadium typing... In the press box, that's we can see that, and then we're like, "Oh, there's Sexton, yeah, yeah, yeah he's he on just, the fast he just did something cool, hard. yeah." I I don't know. I mean, I'm not it. I'm not there. I'm sure they have a lot of people going on, you know, just TV monitors and people in people's ears and all that stuff. Like, I get it. It's it's tough, but but sometimes it it is a bit frustrating mm-hmm. whenever you're watching time qualifying. I would almost rather like just a big wide angle. Just a static wide angle. <laughs> the whole stadium. <laughs> the whole stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch. Like one of those TV packages where you have like three TVs and you have like the whole <laughs> angle right here. Yeah. Like someone here and then, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But shoot, man. Hey, I felt like the track was very racy. I mean, a lot other than Anderson and Malcolm, there was a lot of actually good racing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like RJ mm-hmm. and uh, that dude, whole that TV whole TV battle. Group, dude. Oh, my dude. gosh. But, dude, I felt like McAdoo was in a battle the whole yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. The whole yeah. day. He didn't have a good, very good qualifying. He was out there. He was just sort of, I think, just trying to get used to the track and, and doing his laps, which I get to get more comfortable. But heat race, dude. Him, RJ, and uh, Jordan Smith just duking dude, it out yeah. the whole day freaking time Sweet. i was like holy cow and then the main event too yeah, him and RJ. rj and pierce brown you know and then jordan smith was there for a little bit i think he made a mistake but yeah they reeled in those top three guys pretty quick because they were like a freight train and they were all just racing each other freaking cutting underneath the whole time it was like there was there wasn't a boring moment i don't mm-hmm. think in the lights class the only boring thing was Jet just freaking just going, or, just and gone. Styles all along. Yeah, those two just <laughs> gone. <laughs> Poor Styles. I felt sorry That'd for Styles. So he didn't get, he, but he didn't get one second <laughs> no, of TV time. No, nothing. He did a little bit at the end, whenever. Uh, but Daniel Blair had to call it out. He's like, "Hey guys, <laughs> yeah. like freaking, can we get the damn camera on? Styles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we get the camera on Styles? Because I mean, he's right. He's in second. Yeah, you know, which was cool for him. I guess it's yeah, the second year cool. in a row on the podium there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awesome. He was stoked. Yeah. So. Uh, Jordan Smith, though, he looked really good on that Honda. A lot better, a lot better, yeah. I mean, he just needs to stay off the ground, I Mm -hmm. think. I mean, he's up there. I don't know what he is in points, maybe fifth or sixth or something around there. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, he looks like he's gelling pretty well with it. I mean, it looks like they have a good engine package on that Honda. Mm -hmm. Who does their motors? Uh, I think Twisted. Twisted. Okay. Yeah. I wonder. It's a Twisted uh, engine and then FC suspension. So it's cool for Jordan because – you know, he knows the FC guys. Those are all the guys that he was at Geico with. Yep. Uh, they did a preseason test. I was talking to him about it last week. They did a preseason test, and then Martin got on the bike 
because that's really going to be Martin's biggest asset is kind of helping those guys get direction on it. And he explained that uh, what he was feeling, he couldn't explain to the, to the suspension guys. And then Martin did a lap and Martin was able to like really identify the problem and figure it out. And then Jordan's been healthy. You know, he's been good. He hasn't had any of the issues that have held him back these last few years. The he explained his whole thumb and wrist injury to me in this video I'm going to put out this week. All that stuff's been fine, but um, it's really just been about getting him healthy again yeah. after yeah. three really, really tough years. Yeah, his teammates had a had a really rough start to the season, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. He, he had a better qualifying this this he uh, did. this weekend, but he has had a bit of a rough go. I think he had a tip over. I think in the uh, I heard he crashed twice in, in the, the main. main. Yeah, I think he was in the sand in the main. Jared yeah. Fry. Yeah. yeah. It's a bummer to see someone struggle like that, you know, whenever they, whenever you know, like, I don't know what sort of issues he's going through, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I think he's a little bit better than what he's showing. Totally. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So, wait, I, I know this is skipping topics, but Chiz. Dude. Right? <laughs> so Chiz on the sick. star. So Monster sick. That, that it reminds awesome. me of, of you, like, years ago getting the ride. Yeah, Because like, yeah. when that news broke, I was like, whoa, that's so sick. Yeah. You know, you mean, know what's funny, too, is, like, Chiz is a big dude, right? Yeah. But that picture they sent out. He looks like such a little guy. His shoulders look so yeah. narrow. Yeah, he's he's very skinny. Like yeah, he's a skinny dude. Sure. And um, yeah, I think it's cool too. I don't think they really had that many options because I mean, yeah, a lot of the guys on the on the East Coast they're all riding for teams. Like all the club guys, they're all locked in. You know, you have you don't really have that many privateers in the top twenty-two mm-hmm. who are just strictly on their own. I yeah. mean, you have a few, but they're pretty inconsistent. This is something so, I wanted to ask you though. When you're going through preseason and you have a couple options like, hey, I can sign with this team for this much or I can just do my own deal and then hope something happens where I can get a fill-in. Is that something you think about or no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so it just depends on like where you're at like mm-hmm. results-wise. It depends. It, it has a lot of different factors. So like if you're in there, like say if you're like Chiz or like you're a 450 guy like Ryan Brees or like say me, Cade, anyone, like it's – a bit hit and miss like you want to be on a team like like me like i'm perfectly fine where i'm at like everything's good but like if you're doing all of your own deals like i mean you can get helmet gear goggles boots yep all of that and all that money just comes straight to you right Mm -hmm. versus like being on a team and like say they they give you a little bit of a salary they give you you know money for travel but that money a lot of the money for like the gear helmets goggles all that goes to the team support the team yeah yeah. to support the team, to support you and all the other people around you. So it just depends a little bit on, like, results-wise. Say, if you're getting top 15 every weekend, like, on a 450, like, say, Chiz or something like that, yeah, I mean, he's – it's more beneficial, I think, for him to have his own individual deals, you know, and, you know, he probably gets support from Yamaha. Mm-hmm. So he might not – I mean, if he's paying for bikes, he's getting them very Discounted, cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, very cheap. So – um if you're someone like Chiz, I would say it would be pretty beneficial for him to be doing his own deal. If he has all the stars aligned to where he can get his bike to the races and get all of everything, gotcha. mm-hmm. you know, that would be good because, I mean, dude, honestly, if you're calling anyone to be like, hey, we need a solid, we need a <laughs> solid privateer gone. guy who's not locked down with anything, who's pretty, has a lot of freedom. Who are you going to call? And it's not a kook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are you going to call? For real. No, that's, that's a big deal, though. Yeah. Like, Chiz knows. Like, Chiz knows all those guys. And, and that's the other thing, too. That's why it's so, – like, the Sternstrom podcast I did last week, I asked him, why do you guys not do a fill-in? 
and they've been so clear so many times, like it would be great to put somebody else on the bike, but when it comes down to these time and resources and what's at stake, you can't really risk it for some guy that doesn't know anything and has never been on anything similar to that. Shiz has been around for so long and he's done so many fill in rides and he knows so much of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things he has are similar to what star has anyway with Yamaha and FMF and suspension and all of that. He's going to be able to jump right on that thing and rip. And then he, it wasn't too many seasons ago. He raced two fifties, right? Yeah. He rode for the yeah, with MCR. Yeah. Yeah. And MCR. Oh, MCR. I forgot about that. He yeah. had uh MCR 5150. Yeah. Uh, he did moto concepts. He did. He's, he's ridden lights a lot. Yeah. Huh. And he's been a top 10 guy the whole time, too, with it. So, I mean, is it's he, a no-brainer. How old is he? He's like 33? 34, I would say. 33, 34. Wow. That's yeah. sick, dude. That's, That's cool. But, I mean, if you think about it, who who in the lights class is – No one. A pri- exactly. Yeah, a I mean, privateer we were, that we were talking about this. Like, we were talking about this at the practice track last week. And Mitch, I don't think Mitch is going to get a fill-in. It sounds like Joe will be fine. But if they had to – there's no one. Like, there's no one to get. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple guys, but it's just – it's not like years prior, a couple years ago, where there was just so many guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, too, if you want someone who's on a team, they're not just going to jump ship, and mm-hmm. then if, you know, they were willing to, you would have to buy them out of their contract. Yeah. And then you're going to do that. You're not going to do that for a couple races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so – and and what are you going to do with that team, you know, that, that gave you a shot this year? Yeah. You're just going to burn that bridge? I know. No. I saw so many comments like, why didn't you do Lopes? I'm like, why would you – why would Enzo? Yeah, like I get going like right Club now. MX isn't going to let Enzo go. No, you know no. what I mean. And he Enzo has a great bike. Yeah, Enzo yeah. has a lot of good sponsors. I'm sure he's making a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure it's not anything star, but I mean. Yeah, hey, but do you think Chiz is okay. getting a salary though? He's probably no, just filling no. in, right? There, I would say that they're make, Yeah, I would say that they would make it worth his while, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, because I mean, I know that. I mean, I'm sure he's getting something from FXR, yeah, LS2. Yeah, his helmet deal, yeah. You know, like. So do you think he goes back to uh, Team Chiz on the West Coast? Yes, I would say so. Yeah. How is he going to do the depends. entire series now? From I don't well, yeah, know. he's gonna he's gonna finish the 250 East Coast because, dude. So I, I I talked to the guys and I talked to Coker and Newsbreak about what happened. So Jeremy Shoulder's probably going to need a yeah. lot of time. It's yeah. not going to be anything soon. Wow. Um, with. Levi, Levi had a tibia plateau fracture. Oh, that's like, right. So, he, so he's got like, he, and dude, you know, three people have him right now. Him, his mechanic, and then Bubba, Bubba Pauly. So like, that's, it's, isn't it weird how all these injuries always are the similar thing and they always strike isn't at the same what? time? Like when dudes Vertigo? bust the same vertebrae out too. But like, so they're going to need somebody. They can't really put anybody on there. So he's going to do the whole East Coast region for them. Mm-hmm. Really, not a lot of West Coast races left that he's going to have to do. There'd be Seattle and Denver, Denver and that's it, really. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Because huh. the only other West Coast race that's out there is a shootout in Atlanta for the two fifty guys. Yeah. So he's there anyway. <coughs> huh. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would make more sense to, for him to just finish on the two fifty. I and can't then, wait to see knowing the Chiz. Helmet. Knowing Chiz, he'll probably just show up for all 12 of the outdoors and just crush it on a 250, right? <laughs> no. I mean. On a team Chiz bike. Yeah. yeah. Individual sponsors per I know. race. Dude, yeah. what if this, like, what if he does really well and then he gets, like, some more help with his team Chiz program for the outdoors? That'd be sick. Yeah. What are the odds that Bobby Reagan called Mitch this week? He's like, man. <laughs> dude, like. I know All my feel. guys are hurt. Like, what do I do? Uh, Mitch is like, yeah, welcome to the club, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's a bummer, man. It's sort of getting that you know to, to that time of year where you're starting to mm-hmm. see some injuries. Yeah, it's funny because just a couple weeks ago we were like, "How stacked is the East Coast?" Yeah, and, and now, now they're all. Bing, bing, now there's bing. what five factory guys. And that's it. Yeah. Hey, uh, Anton, did you see McAdoo after the race? Yeah. Was he yeah. walking or no? Uh, he was limping. Uh, and his old knee was even when he was like getting off the bike was the first time I noticed it. I didn't see what he had done or anything so it was when he got off the bike by the podium that i first noticed it being a problem mm-hmm. uh his whole leg was wrapped up and everything but he said it was fine uh he said it was more like it he had to keep it moving because he didn't want it to start swelling up that's what he was really worried about through the day so mm-hmm. yeah we'll see he said he like hit it on the foot peg jeez oh at least that's not like a ligament or anything no yeah it sounds like it was impacting oh oof. yeah those hurt yeah so and that was another one because you see that and you're just like okay there's one uh you got rj still like rj was good and feeling everything from from last week but still like nobody really knew how that was going to go until he started riding on saturday because of what happened how did he get cleared so fast i have he said he said he was cleared saturday night before he even left the track so and and that he even rode and did a day of testing and everything like that maybe he Um, sandbagged the the standard test maybe he was doing the who who was the was it holiday who who did the like oh just just lay here and they'll red flag it maybe he was trying to get a red flag maybe he was faking the whole thing (laughs) Uh, no i think my man was when he was starfished out like that he didn't know where he was there was no plan no there was yeah he was asleep yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. He was like, you know, yeah. in those UFC fights, whenever they get a fucking roundhouse kick to the face and they're, they just freeze, they're like, arms uh, out. Yeah, or like whenever they get hit with a freaking stun gun or something, yeah. with the, yeah. like a taser. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he was just like. Uh. Doing, doing the tuna <laughs> the fish. The funniest yeah. thing, though, the funniest thing, and like nothing against RJ, I get it that he's got to like downplay it so he can keep racing because like what else are you going to do? But like the, what do you mean? Like, how are you guys surprised that I'm here? It's like, <laughs> dude, because we the whole stadium saw you just KO'd. Like, of course we're going to have to be like, how are you here? Yeah, they they showed him on camera, like, (laughs) sprawled out, and they're like, oh, my God, he's dead. So they moved the camera to someone else. It was so bad they didn't want to put the camera on. Two in a row, dude, because the week before that, you have chased someone up the back of the tabletop, and you're just like, bro, what the hell? And I was thinking about this this earlier he's had a few pretty gnarly concussions yeah. right oh like, yeah yeah i don't know if you guys uh, remember I mean, the one from st- uh the straight rhythm straight rhythm oh yeah. my god i forgot about yeah, that yeah that one damn near ended his career yeah that Jeez. one was bad too yeah. and i'm sure like the way i mean i talked to bodner and all all of them like on media day before the season the, the, whenever i talked to bodner he was explaining it. You had to jump through freaking hoops mm-hmm. if you get a concussion. You got to meet with like a specialist. You have to do Zoom calls. You they have to check up on you. All this shit. So I don't know how they're having time to do all this in one week. Yeah. I mean, I get it. They're they're maybe going to see a specialist, a neurologist, and all that stuff, or maybe it's just bullshit. I have no idea. Remember, you got KO'd at State Fair last year. Oh yeah. Did you do anything for that? I forgot about that. Uh, that was no. off season though, right? No, it was preseason. Yeah, preseason. Well, well, like, pre-season. Yeah, it was. <coughs> that was like, December, right? It was the beginning of December. Yeah. yeah. I. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, I died. Yeah. Died. I took like two weeks off, and then um, I had to fly to Florida to test my race bike, and I remember I w- I could only do like five laps, and I, and I would be like drunk, Oof. drunk, like dizzy all this stuff and i remember before i left i freaking tipped over in a turn my front end washed out i tipped over in a turn and kind of went boop on my head 
And I'm fucking cross-eyed, dude. Jesus. I'm like, oh, my God. So, and then I flew back here, and then, like, a couple days later, I'm riding Elsinore, and I'm going through the rhythm section, dude, and I swear I feel like I was on the fucking Gravitron at the damn carnival. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, it's like the worst spins you'd ever imagine. Yeah. You know, like, whenever you're, when you turn 21, and you go out, <laughs> and you're just absolutely fucking hammered, right? And you're just bent over the fucking toilet, and you're just like, that's how I felt ship. going through mm-hmm. a fucking rhythm section riding Supercross. Still, like, three weeks after hitting my head. That's mm-hmm. gnarly. Yeah. So when Jalik got KO'd, he took a week off, right? No, he took a couple weeks off. Yeah. A couple weeks off? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I also, that was his hand, too. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I guess different concussions, like, they all affect you in different ways, I guess. You could you could hit your head and not even get knocked out and yeah. be on the side of the truck puking or, like, yep. it takes a few months. Mm-hmm. And then you could be knocked out and then wake up and be completely fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never puked from a concussion. Really? I've gotten like so. woozy a little yeah. bit, but like I haven't I haven't puked either. I've yeah. puked, but it, I didn't get knocked out. Oh, dude. One of my friends back home in Tennessee, Bryce Klippel, every time he hit his head, just <laughs> <"Bleh."> <laughs> Fuck. Oof. Uh. Okay, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Race Deck is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company with over 35 years experience personalizing your suspension setups. Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Hey everyone, it's Pierce Brown of the Troy Lee Red Bull Gas Gas team. Gas Gas motorcycles are the fun and approachable launch pad into the performance off-road motorcycle world. With a rich heritage in off-road motorcycle racing and trials competition, Gas Gas has a distinct, vibrant, and inviting style with a playful, proudly Spanish character. Hey everyone, Don Moyetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next cleaning air filters or changing oil, tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at guiltlessfoodco.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy's Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. 
Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners when it comes to building my bikes. I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long. Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com. Guys, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. Um, let's get back to the racing. What about Malcolm and Anderson? I mean, <laughs> I hope it's over. Jesus, me too. Got to be over. Well, now. how was your weekend? He said Malcolm said that Jason came over and apologized and they shook hands. And uh, I don't think it was gonna be that. Like at first, I don't, and I don't think it was gonna get physical. But you know, okay, so how Daytona's laid out where they park all the trucks NASCAR style and then work out of the bays. Husky and Cowie were next to each other, you know, parked next to each other, and the and the <laughs> buses are in the trucks and all that too. But then as soon as the night show got started, Cowie took all their stuff out of the garage and then worked out from their rig underneath the back of the trailer. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it was over, I ran back there. And, like, all the Husky people are around Malcolm, all the Cowie people are around Jason. And Jason, like, goes around. And he's like, we have, like, from what Malcolm said and what a couple other people at the team said and a couple people at Cowie said, like, both of them mutually were like, we have to stop this. This is getting out of hand. Like, what are we doing this for? Every time we do this, we just let him get away. Jason understood. I uh, apparently like from what people told me understood that he kind of knew he had one coming from Malcolm. Malcolm knew and has told us that he was going to tee Jason up pretty much. Like he had just as much as said that. And then when he, I guess saw it was Jason that bumped Eli that bumped him. He just saw red and just went for it. And mm-hmm. like, really that was the end of Malcolm's night because you could say that that mistake is why he went down in that off camber turn too, because he was trying to ride yeah. so hard back. And like, they both said it every time we keep doing this, it's just going to let Jason go or let Eli go. Mm-hmm. And, and it cost Malcolm third in the championship standings now. Cause now Cooper's there. Uh, big James was pretty pissed about it. Like, what are you doing? All of like Rango, CeeLo, Roger, like all of the main people that are around them are like, you got to stop doing this because now it's going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Eli's not going to bump and run those guys like that. Like, no. no, just let it go. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, they were coming through the pack pretty, pretty good. Yeah, they were. And they were still trying to kill each other at they the same were, time. They yeah. were trying to kill Dude. each other. Even Ricky's like, oh, yeah, just grab the popcorn, boys. Like, we're in for <laughs> yeah. this time, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't understand. Like, I get it. You do that once, and then it just ruins both of you guys. At that point, just fucking forget about it. Like, I, I get it. You're seeing red. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I've made some fucking stupid decisions, too. Yeah. But you got to think about the bigger picture. Totally. Dude, you could argue that whatever that is, and this dates back a while. I mean, this really does date back to the start of the season in California and then yep. Phoenix and uh, last week. I mean, this has been kind of brewing there for a bit. Yeah. Um. It didn't only get them like, oh, man, they went down in the turn. No, that fucked their entire race mm-hmm. three and four times because then it led to them having to work all that hard to get back. It led to the pileup in the next turn where they collected Dean. They had to work all that way back to get Ken. And then guess what? You pull off the track and the AMA each docked you a spot. So you lost out on Kenny, who was 
the carrot that you were chasing the whole time. Like you can't do that and think that it's going to be productive. You know, all of that effort just for nothing now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people seen that and I'm sure they thought it was because of rough riding, but no, it was because they were fucking, they would jump off the fucking track and just pin it on the side of the track. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't even the fact that they were riding rough or doing anything. Malcolm did it after like the second corner and then Jason did it after the sand, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) When, when, Jason did it after the sand, though. I was like, oh. I know. I was like, ah, oh, that's a position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what, though? is like if you think about Malcolm being pissed off and is going to just tee someone up, you wouldn't expect him to, like, fall also. I mean, it was like I yeah. kind of thought oh, maybe he was just made a bad decision. I thought the same thing. Because, yeah. like, if you would think if Malcolm was going to take someone out, that person would end up in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. This is. I think it was just wrong spot, and he was yeah. just seeing red, and he was Dude. just trying to ram his bike into it. Yeah. yeah. Dude, how I think, if anything, sorry to interrupt on, I think that – and you see that sometimes Jason gets away from it scot-free. That shows how good he is at that game. You know, that he doesn't get <laughs> yeah. caught up and go down. Like, in a spe- like, okay, granted, him and Malcolm went down last week, but he said that's because he went too fast into the turn, and he was going to blow that turn anyway. And just the way they fell. But most of the time when Jason does that, he gets going. And if you bump a big guy like Malcolm, like, you got to be pretty good to get him to go down like that to yeah. make it a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. I don't know. So I don't know. I always think of Cole Seeley in the last turn. Oh, I know, oof. dude. Poor guy. They're cool now. They're like buddies now. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that. <laughs> I thought they would there hate was, each other beef. to the grave. There dude. was gnarly beef there. Yeah. But, mm. Wow. That was funny to watch that all get crushed at straight rhythm that year too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember like hearing, dude, they're like hanging out. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, straight rhythm. And then they no went to the after turn. party together. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow. Do you think that Eli would have gotten Cooper? I don't. Without McElroy? Without Shane. I don't. Uh, I, th- I, I think I'd, he would have. Yeah. He see, was I don't close. know, dude, but Cooper. He does that. Like, if you get past him, he does that retaliation mm-hmm, really quick. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know, man. I, I have yeah. more faith in Cooper's racecraft than that. Same. Yeah. Like, and he but was Eli reprimanding was him for the most part. Like, they were – Eli to get close, and then he, he'd step further away. It wasn't until, like, that last three or four laps that Eli got really, really close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Props to yeah. Cooper for turning his season around, though. Because, I yeah, mean, it, it was rough at the beginning, and I think – I think he's starting to get a little bit more confidence, a little bit more momentum on the new bike. Mm-hmm. East Coast, the bike works a little bit better, like you guys said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Dude, his helmet. Oh, oh so sick. So good. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, man. His helmet was sick this weekend. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay. So, I haven't gotten to rewatch the 450 main again. So, there were a couple things I noticed, but I wanted to see if you guys thought the same. Did Eli not look very good through the whoops, and did Cooper look better? Yes, Cooper was better yes. through the whoops, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I noticed, like, they're towards, okay, maybe, like, 12 minutes into the race, I'm on one part of the track, and me and Dirt Shark, like, Ash are walking next to each other, and he's talking to me and Walt, and he's like, Eli's coming, but it wasn't like, wow, he's just reeling him in fast. You could just see him just chipping away, like, steadily. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then um, he had gotten close, and you could see that they were starting to get into traffic, and, like, he was getting ready to really make the run at Cooper in the last, like, few minutes before, like, the last two or three laps. And he messed the whoops up, and Cooper got, like, a little gap again Mm -hmm. because Cooper had made a mistake, and then Eli made another one, too. Like, so gap was opened up. Um, I could not believe that, like, Cooper went so far inside through that section, but Mm -hmm. then 
Shane was in his own battle with Vince, and like Vince very smartly just got the fuck out of the way when he heard those guys coming through the first time. Because <laughs> yeah. when they were going through the tunnel, I was like, Vince, please move. Please just get out of the way. Like, save yourself this hell that would happen if you don't move. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they hit those offset jumps after the whoops, dude, it sounded like Bam Bam was on Cooper's bike because it was just full throttle. And Shane had no idea he was there that fast and just like cruise and then messes up the next turn, which throws Cooper off. And like Eli was gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that whole thing rattled Ken so or Cooper so bad is how Eli like took off after that because yeah. it wasn't like he was astronomically that much faster. And I don't think Cooper was going to take that. Like he wasn't going to lead all that way and need a win that bad and just roll over like that in the last yeah. two laps. Like yeah. he would have done anything, anything he's ever done to Ken Roxon, he would have done five times harder to Eli. To oh, get yeah. That oh yeah. You know? So I was like very conflicted on that. I was just like, well, I wonder how that would have been and what other people were seeing because from where I was to exactly see how that played out, I was just like, how anticlimactic to how big yeah. this could have been. Yeah. How how has the social media whipping been on McElroy? Shane turned his know. comments off immediately. Uh, okay. And uh, and I felt very bad because like you could tell he knew like oh no, mm-hmm. and like everybody in that team was just like oh no, you yeah. know even they knew they knew what they were in for. So yeah, by. The end of Saturday night, all the comments were already off on Shane's Instagram. Could you imagine? Okay, so you know how the crowd rushed the podium? Like, if it had been Vince, oh. that crowd would have been like the Rodney King riots yeah. instead. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that would have been horrible. <laughs> that wouldn't have been good. I, see, though, still, I don't know if people would have been smashing Shane because he's got a good following, you know? Yeah. People don't care. Yeah. Do you think you think that people on YouTube care about what he does during his day? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) No. It it was so and like, dude, I sent Shane a text message because like he had the like thousand yard stare in the garage and like we made eye contact and like, you know, gave each other the head nod like you good after the race. But like his wife was so upset because she knew what they're in for. And that's like when I saw that it really kind of like, man he's just out there trying to do his job because then not only did that ace like put him in all this stuff, he was in a battle for, for position with Vince. And then he just dropped off because he just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's out there trying to screw Cooper's race up the guy he'd been training with all these months. Like it's not that it just, you know, things happen. I really couldn't though, believe that Cooper was going to try to go that tight into that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah you, Macarath was on the he edge left of the him track. No room. Macarath was on the edge of the track trying to let the guys go by. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that Coop was on his right. Coop had been hitting that line on the on the whoops on the right side. Yeah. I think Coop squares up that turn, hits his line, but then he sees he sees Shane, but he's already committed to his line. He can't just change lines during the right. during the yeah. whoops. And he has Eli on his left, so he can't just veer left and go into Eli's line. Yeah. So he's pretty much stuck there. So at that time it's like there's really nothing Nothing he could do. Yeah, Coop owned up to it a little bit on on the podium too. Like he just gotta not not do that. Like he's gotta look for yeah, different should, lines. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should he should have looked up a little bit. <clears throat> Anybody else other than Shane that would have gotten in his way though, it wouldn't have been as like yeah calm of a reaction. I don't think. No. You know, and nothing against Coop. Like he would have every reason to feel frustrated by that because to lead all that way and then have. Really, how you're trying to turn your season around like that get snatched away would be frustrating. Yeah, I mean, to it was no only end. What, it was only what you think, fifty grand. 
He oh, lost right there? Dude, that, uh, getting people just to shut up about how bad you suck this year when you're <laughs> doing okay, like, yeah. all of that stuff. Um, I, yeah, if, I think that if it was, like, some other guy, a privateer guy, a three-digit guy, it would have been completely different. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, he would have freaked out. Yeah, and rightly so. I mean, that's how it was last year at one of the Atlanta rounds whenever Cade uh, got into <laughs> Sexton's yeah. way. I yeah. think it was Sexton. He was going to win or something. Cade got in his way, and he's like, oh, shit, so sorry, dude. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Sexton, he was a very quiet third, right? Yeah. Yes. Kind of like Styles in second. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like at the podium, I was like, oh, he got third. I know. Like, I did the same who thing. Cared, yeah. you know, because you're watching everything else go down. Anton, have you heard anything on Ken? Oh, like, geez. what? what's going on? Uh, I talked to him on Friday uh, for the news break thing, and I was like, you good? You know, like, it seems like he's good. I'll say that. You know, he did say that thing where he was really off social media, but he was still kind of posting stories and little shit. But now, like, he's really off and just, like, in Florida hanging out. Uh, They're trying. You know, he was back to the clamps, like, back to the factory clamps this week. Jeez. Him Him and Jordan, you know, were in good spirits, and they were talking. He was hanging out in the pit area well after the race on, on Saturday night. Like, I'm talking 11.45 midnight, wow. talking to Martin and Yareev at, at their pit area. And then he was just, like, kicking around on his scooter. So, like, that's the thing. So many people keep hearing this, but I see Ken around, and it's not like he's, you know, on the verge of a breakdown. Like, I, I don't know. You know, and he was doing well, and that was kind of weird to see, too, because he was up there, and then it just kind of started going backwards. Mm-hmm. But then I heard the bike stalled. Mm. Somebody said that. Like, somebody 5G? said the bike stalled oh, in the <laughs> last few laps or something. I don't know. Because if it did that again, that goes back to what we said a few weeks ago. Like, wow, a lot of four-strokes stalling this year, oddly enough. Yeah. But um, I don't know. You'd have to watch that that video interview with him and see what you think his mood is i i don't know he seems okay but it just it's not going great that's he's trying it makes him more weird to me though because he seemed like happy Mm -hmm. yeah because it's the happy-go-lucky kenny that always hauls ass right it doesn't make it just doesn't add up this is a bit off topic off of the race but anton you said something about world supercross earlier oh Mm-hmm. Is there is what's what's going on there? Yeah, how was the mood at at? at uh... It's not uh, okay. So <laughs> he said it was down. <laughs> it's very weird right now because like I I every conversation I've had with anybody in the last week has now revolved around World Supercross. Like even to my wife or my brother or you guys or teams or whatever. And like what they want to do is start uh, in September immediately after the last national is what I heard and then hold two of them and then have the nations and then squeeze in another three between the beginning of October and sometime in November. And then November is like Paris supercross. And that's also the Australia, like Oz X open. So I could see where there's one other race that you could tack in. So what are the three, you know, other races they're supposed to do? Uh, I heard that they want to have one in the United States like one in Canada to kind of reduce the travel on the U S guys that are going to be there. And then the other two or three would be in Europe or Australia or whatever. No Dubai. Uh, Dubai is going to be a while. Like that might not be till till year two. Mm -hmm. They want to try to go to countries where there's like already a hardcore presence of fans there. Mm -hmm. Because like how bad would it look if you go to Abu Dhabi and you're in this bitchin' soccer stadium with all this money and there's 5,000 people there. Like, that would look like a failure. 
But if you go to like Paris where there's like 35,000 people mm-hmm. that know what's going on, that looks awesome to your investors. Especially yeah. if you so have that's Marvin the big thing. Oh, yeah. Right. So there is like a plan. There is like stuff that's there. That's awesome. The problem that now comes in is who's going to do it? Because mm-hmm. the thing is, and, and if you got to watch the Bruce Sternstrom interview, because Bruce outlines all of this from the top. This is me paraphrasing. The American, like American Honda, American Kawasaki, all of these people are distributors of the motorcycles to the parent companies in Japan. Their budgets are made for racing in the United States. They have no other money to go explore racing internationally. The amount of money that they already spend just to race the 29 domestic races that we have here, I'm going to say probably far out seeds how much money they've been pledged. Like, hey, yeah, we'll give you this much to race this World Supercross thing. We'll see, but like, it's a lot of expense. They don't want to do this half-assed to where they're going to send all their riders and their employees and you know these $200,000 bikes all around the world for their guys to be working on like folding tables. And this seems to be like the unanimous consensus of all of the OEMs right now, mm-hmm. especially in the U.S. Uh, I think a lot of guys are going to be smoked by the end of September, you know, they're just going to be so tired. And, uh, Avery, you could attest to this. The break that we had in 2020 that gave you guys a chance to like freshen up. Oh, it was really great. made the racing great last year. Yeah, it did. You didn't MXGP hear about a lot right of people. Now, right. Yeah. Getting hurt. Yeah. Being tired, being burned out, all these things. MXGP didn't get a big break right now. Fevra and Guy Aaron Hurlings are out because of like late season injuries that they didn't get the chance to recover from. Yep. And even the guys that are racing are pretty cooked already. You know, they're already having these lingering issues. If you keep burning the candle at both ends for all these guys, we are going to go back to like seeing dudes retire at 27, 28 and not yeah. 30, 31, 32, like we see right now. So you're going to like stifle the careers of these dudes. Uh, the other things that I like have been having these conversations with people that, Nobody thinks of until you're just kind of spitballing. When I went to the Aussex Open, and that was like all paid for partly by like the Melbourne Travel Association, the the event, not my travel, uh, there was a lot of requirements that the riders had to do. They had to do this big like two-day field trip excursion for the people to like film this content and do all these things to show mm-hmm. like, hey, man. Come to Australia. Come to Melbourne. Come do all this shit. Oh, you're not like, you're not talking timeshare meetings, <laughs> right? Right. So that's what happens in MotoGP, and that's what happens in F1. Yeah. This is now not going to be like show up on Friday, race on yeah. Saturday, catch the first flight out on Sunday, dude. You're going to Paris for like seven days now. Yeah. Dude, that you would ready be so to do fucking, that? Yeah, I'm ready to do that shit. But I like mean, Supercross but like, only guys. So. Oh, dude, I'm yeah. so down. I'm but ready. But like. <laughs> Now you got to find a team that's going to pay the money to buy the license to get into that. Yeah. So what, what was the, just, uh, you yourself just can't show up and buy a license. You have to be on a have team. an organization team, yeah. and you as a team have to have two, four guys and two, two guys. Oh wow. You have really? to now yeah. find 44 riders to fill these gates. And yeah. as someone told me the other day, we know who all of the riders are in the world that can hit whoops. How are you going to get them? Mm-hmm. so there's a lot of this stuff that's like it has potential i would love to see this thing go so well because like we need it god knows we need like a little bit of uh 
new investment in the sport and some new uh, ways to do things like a younger, more fresh perspective, do documentaries. The Australian guys know how to throw a race. They know how to throw a party. Some of the things that they could do would be awesome to have all this Dubai money would be sick. But at the same time, it would make the Feld people look at like what they're doing and be like, Hey man, time for us to kind of step it up a bit because there has been no other competition in town. Exactly. Um, but the way that this has been laid out has only driven the U S racing groups together more because now they have to defend everything that they've worked so hard to keep going in the last three years. Mm -hmm. That is, that is the number one prevalent thing that I hear amongst everyone. We have all worked so hard to keep our jobs and to keep races going and to make supercross and motocross still function at this level. And like, yeah, there were a couple tough times and yeah, didn't it suck to like have no fans at Redbud in 2020 and like fans really weren't coming out in droves at a couple of these races, but the thing's still going on now to like get there and now have like pro motocross maybe be under attack because in 2023, this world supercross series is planning to go over the top of that series is going to be very hard. The other thing that so many people, um, here and like sorry if i've gone on on a tangent i've just heard about this all so much and this is like the best way to get this information out yep the u.s like the perception that so many people have on message boards and all that is that like everybody hates mx sports like all the teams hate mx sports and all these things and all that and like yeah granted it's just like anything everybody's had their little differences over the years and whatever but the oem still know that mx sports puts on you know, Loretta's and all these local races, all the road to Loretta's races and the GNCC series and all these other things that sell bikes to the masses Mm -hmm. that makes these teams money. They're not going to turn their back on MX sports now because something new entered the room that might offer them a little bit of money. Like they know they have to have a pipeline to the American consumer and MX sports is one of those pipelines. Yeah. So like it's, it's a fucking very weird thing. It is so complicated because like every single street you turn down in the conversation of like, well, what about this? You find five more outlets of like, well, you didn't think about this or what about Mm -hmm. this here? Or what about this here? And that's what it sounds like all the teams and writers and other people in the industry are like bringing up now. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be what, what's going to be important to cover in the next two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sorry hard. if that was long-winded. No, no. That's I hope good. I hope they find a way to figure it out. It's going to be complicated. I do too. But like, I mean, you, if you think about like I, this is no dig on Supercross. I love Supercross, but there's no competition. Can you imagine if like Yamaha was the only manufacturer? And mm-hmm. imagine what the bikes would be like, right? Mm-hmm. Like we need competition to to make things better. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I hope this works out. I think it just better everything. You know. Well, nobody's really thought about like the European participation in this yeah right i think they've anton they've said though they want they don't want just americans right they want a mix of everything oh they want everyone yeah they want everyone and they're and you have to think too um there's good domestic supercross series like the french sx Mm -hmm. tour i've talked about that thing for fuck as many years as i've been going to europe i love that series i think that's awesome because it's dudes like thomas doe and subaross and Oh, dude, there's like, so there's are, so many good people that just only race those yeah. fucking yeah dude, the ADAC German series in Germany oh, yeah. the Netherlands gosh. like so John Cross dudes that are out oh. there yeah totally 
there are dudes out there that like can fill it. Uh, the way that people are going to just have to approach this is like, okay, are you going to be cool with those guys coming? And if it's like the majority of those people and it's not just like the superstars of like Tomac Webb, Roxanne Muscan versus like Hurlings, Prado, Fevra, like it's going to not be all of that all at once, mm-hmm. you know? And I agree with you. There does need to be some competition, not only for like to make the business side of it work more, but have someone listen to the demands of the writers and the teams and make them understand how important they are, because that's the only way you're going to get any outcome is if you hold their feet to the fire of like, if you don't change it, we're going to go somewhere else that will. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Hmm. That's crazy. So it'll be interesting to see uh, September. I've already like been hearing and talking to people though, is, is going to be like the off season is steadily just going away with September getting going to be yeah. filled up by, End of the Nationals, end of MXGP, potentially these two races, Motocross of Nations, and then everything else that everyone is going to try to go through on top of this signing season, this off season, this might be one of the bigger ones we've seen in the last couple of years. It's going to be a very fucking chaotic year come pretty soon. Yeah. Yep. Just, just make this like the Motocross Des Nations like series. <laughs> Motocross Des Supercross. Yeah. <laughs> Epstein Barr is going to come out of retirement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Huh? <laughs> totally. He kind of went away, right? He did, really, huh? That's weird. COVID. Mm. <laughs> so, what else? Uh, Anything new? Anton, did you did you visit Razzles on Saturday night? <laughs> I didn't. I drove. Uh, I had quite the night on Saturday. I stayed in the photo, like, working media area until, like, 1 in the morning working on stuff and then i went out to uh the camp lot and took a shower and like out there and then that was i left at like 2 30 in the morning and i drove an hour and a half back to jacksonville got there at four o'clock and walked on to my flight at 4 30 oh. so, oh. no sleep oh, i slept for 15 minutes in a rest stop uh when i started like nodding off on the drive <laughs> but yeah uh we're good yeah no razzles is for me i'm too old for that razzles I gotta head to Vegas. Oh yeah. Oh, you on yeah. pulp tonight? Yeah, I'm on pulp tonight. Oh jeez. <laughs> Steve's probably fucking pissed that I'm here doing this right now, but why? I don't know. That's just how Steve is. Remember the last time we tried to do a podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a Swapmore Live shirt you can wear on the show? I'm wearing my sketchy merch. I gotta <sighs> sell sketchy merch, dude. I haven't been racing. This is why we need to do the collab. Do, hey, I got medical do we bills. Have a water bottle? Oh, oh yeah, can we give you a water bottle? bottle? I mean, yeah, maybe. I can hold a water <laughs> bottle. I can hold a water bottle. <laughs> hey. Bring me like one a, of those like sweatshirts. I have some in the van. Okay, I need one. Okay. Yeah, I, I need to mount bike one in one. Too. All right. Well, hey, I have a bunch of merch in my van because I was going to take some up to Pulp MX, probably do a giveaway or something. What size is that that you're wearing? This is an XL. Oh, Why really? do you wear an XL? Because this one kind of shrinks a little bit. Hmm. Just a little bit. Hmm. Okay. And like the large, like, I don't know, like it's a little tight. So oh. Wear yeah, XL, but like those. big dog, you know what I mean? Mm. Did you like my... Uh, my Instagram edit of my crash? Yes, I did. McAdoo's asking if I could send it to him. Face first, hand Why second, all it? the time with swap. <laughs> I don't know. Anton, do you agree? Face first, hand second, all the time with swap. Mm, all he, the time. Hey, he is going to be on ridiculousness <laughs> on MTV one of these days. They are it's like a f- reverse. 
it's like an upside down weeble wobble. Yeah. Does anyone no. does anyone have like the number to MTV to no. so where we can just? But instead in of just one clip on ridiculousness, it'll be like a mash. Oh, of, dude, like, it's a mash of just, just Swamp Moto Live, dude. Just <laughs> Don Maeda, just Indonesia, all over the freaking place on his mountain bike. Why does McAdoo want it? I I may or may not have showed them last week because they're asking what you were doing. Dude, uh-huh. and I was like, so oh, he's banged up. And so they're like, oh, can you send me that right now? <laughs> I was like, no, no, I can't that's send it to you. That's why his wrists are so good still because he never puts his hands out. It always just either his <laughs> no, shoulder dude, or his You face. guys need to swap. Like, you guys need to mesh together Yeah, blend your crashing styles. I, that's why I was telling Dahmer earlier. It's because his head is so big and it's got so much weight to it. It's just like a lawn dog. <laughs> big, big brain in there, dude. No, Come on. Dude, no. It's just, yeah. I don't know. You would have put your hands out in that crash, you think? Yeah. I would have put my elbows down. I, I do every time. That's why my wrists look like I, the way they do. I tuck my head. It's like a judo roll. Yeah. We should do like some some therapy while you're down where as soon as your hands leave the bars, just... <laughs> 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 then you'll look like Benny with like the scars yeah. all, yeah, over, yeah. all over your Benny. forearms. But, I don't know. All right. But, oh. All right. Well, uh, AlexRay.co, go get your sketchy merch, please. <laughs> Got medical bills. Damn sketchy it. merch. Um... Sorry for talking so much. No, it's good. It's good. Good good information. Get out there. Very good information. I spent last week by myself, just with earplugs in the whole time in the car. Like, yeah, I didn't talk to anybody. You know, Uh, I had a lot to get off my chest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, um, let's see. Detroit. Detroit this weekend, Mm -hmm. and Uh then Indy. Are you racing, A Ray? Yes, I will be. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Going to Detroit. Yeah, I'll be. I fly out Thursday. Ride press Friday. Yeah, I'm going to ride Tuesday, Wednesday this week. And, uh, yeah, I'm really bummed that State Fair got rid of their Supercross track because that's my yeah. course, and now I can't ride there. So, Oh, real Dude. quick. Um, if you're not religious, just thoughts and prayers to uh, Carson, Carson Carr, Carr if you can. But, yeah. Yes. Dude. Yeah. And his family. And that his family. is so gnarly. What did it, gnarly. Where did it happen at? Elsinore. Elsinore. In the whoops. Damn. Yeah. Such a bummer. <clears throat> I've I've came across uh we've crossed paths numerous times I guess maybe like some of your races and then like Glen Helen races and stuff super nice dude yeah. always such yeah. a bummer we can't end on that note no I know no. sorry guys that's too big of a downer yeah um, Chisholm yeah, no. <laughs> hey, you, you rode your mountain bike this morning yeah yeah so you, would you pussyfoot all the way down the hill or what yeah so <clears throat> got a collarbone plate on both sides. That crash, I broke my collarbone away from my sternum, mm-hmm. and I had to get a CAT scan because they were worried that if it was broken and the collarbone was behind my sternum, I'd have this crazy surgery because if it healed like that and I fell on my shoulder again, it could puncture your heart, stab me in the heart, and I'd yeah. die. Right? Yeah. Which is like not a bad way to go, I think. You know, but do not resuscitate. Do not. Res- I was thinking about getting that on my chest. Making a t-shirt. Oh, my But God. anyway, anyway, it's broken. Five pieces. Dude, no surgery needed. You're getting brittle in your old age. Dude, man. maybe, <laughs> huh? I, I, I went and bought that bone-up stuff that Carson takes. Oh, oh, yeah. oh you sh- I have a whole jug of it. That Carson, really? Yeah. Okay, but I ordered it off of Amazon, and yeah. I didn't look quick enough, and I got the vegan, vegetarian version. I have some stuff. Just be careful with that stuff because, so, like, it can be. It can work too good. Like I have a lot of weird bone growth, and my doctors think it's because of that. So, really? Yeah. Well, but I have some. I'll okay, I want to come get some. Yeah. But yeah, so I texted br- my doctor Brad Vaughn this morning. I'm all, yo, if my collarbone is broken in five pieces, why do I have no pain 
or it's insignificant pain, no instability. Because he told me I could ride my mountain bike, right? Yeah, he right, said, right. don't send it. And he said, don't ride moto for four or five weeks. Mm. But he wrote back, in that area where the clavicle is fractured, there are supporting structures such as the ribs, etc., that help stabilize things. Even though you fractured your clavicle into five pieces, it was an impaction type of fracture where all the bones are relatively in good position with minimal placement. Hence, less pain. Don't send it downhill yet. <laughs> but I, I don't know. So you went up the hill. <coughs> what I, were you, what I were climbed Skyline this yeah, morning. Yeah, how many times? Just once. Mm. But I rode back down the fire like a kook. Yeah. That's, That's the way I go every time. Yeah. But I, I have to because my freaking hands will blow off. I rode the Fullerton Loop on Friday. Yeah. Super boring. And then I rode Chino Hills yesterday with my homies from kindergarten. That was fun because they're fun, but yeah. it was a boring loop. You need to go to Vail Lake. There's some good trails oh, out there. Yeah. No, dude, Vail Lake's where you eat shit because it's sandy and loose. Oh, it is sandy, yeah. But you got to do these like... I did that Oh, you know what there. I thought of watching your video again this morning? What what PSI do you run in your front tire? 26. Oh, really? But the thing is, is, is I crashed, but I didn't check my tire pressure because all I was doing was going out with my dog. I run like 34. Yeah, but... I probably had 20 when I fell. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, man. I don't anyway. know. All right. <laughs> so oh, are you just like a SoCal oh, yeah. bro? Like, do you get a Monster Energy freaking sponsorship? No, I'm wearing this hat because Monster Energy sponsors the King and I podcast, which we yeah. filmed on Friday at Jeremy's house. And it was yeah, yeah. And it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah? Dude, we got Chase and I went to Jeremy's Dude. house. Oh, my God. It's it looks so sick. sick. I mean, I Anton's know, been the there, I think. But, but dude... It's like, I mean, take away all the dirt bike stuff. His house is amazing, right? Yeah. It, it started off as 6,000 square feet, and he's added on to it. So yeah. I'd say it's probably seven, 8,000 square feet. Insane. Two but acres. it's just, it's beautiful. It's decorated beautifully inside. Obviously, Kim has good taste. Probably one but of my view, like, favorite locations. Yeah, but the ever. view from the garage patio, mm-hmm. you can see the ocean, it's great. Nice. But then you throw in all the cool shit. Like, it's pretty rad that Jeremy has saved one or two sets of gear from every year of his riding career. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he's never given a helmet away unless it was a trade with someone like Rossi or somebody. Yeah. So he has, like, everything. Dude, he has his Moto 4 from when he rode 125 Yamaha as an intermediate. Yeah. That's like, on his crazy. wall. That's fucking crazy. He's got, like, his 85. <laughs> he's got his first ever dirt bike. Yeah, the lawnmower up in the motor. That's one thing that else, I wish like, like my dad and I would have gotten to do yeah. is like keep some of my old bikes. Yeah, I mean, totally. although I never really won anything, or nor did we have enough money to keep the fucking bikes, mm-hmm. we had to fucking sell them to get enough more because I was just imagine how hard I am on them now. Like it was that was me growing up all the time. I would blow really? up an eighty five like once a week. Jesus. So we were just like constantly just fucking rigging stuff up. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was one thing I wish I had kept like one twenty five like or. You know, my 85 Super yeah. Mini or something. Do you have any uh, JT pink gear? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Hanging up in the garage. Nice. Fuck yeah. All my old pink helmets. What everything. size is that jersey? Fucking 6X. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. All right. But no, yeah, anyway, sick, back to the King and I podcast. It'll come out on Wednesday this week. Episode mm-hmm. three. If you haven't checked it out. Episode three is my favorite one we've recorded so far. Yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Jeremy's so awesome, but... If you haven't heard it or given a listen, go back a couple weeks. There's two up so far. And, uh, yeah, that's it.
AlexRay.co. Isn't that cool? Huh? Isn't that cool that we have like people like Monster sponsoring us? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's so sick. Dude, like them 805, like you know, I've been looking at the I've said this before even. The people that like all of the banner ads that feed on our site. It is so cool to see those people in us in the industry and like they're not Google ads. It's not yeah. some automated bullshit that's just popping mm-hmm. up. Like those are people that are really down with what we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny, my, my dad isn't a huge fan of eight oh five and then when he saw in shootout time that they were like supporting us and stuff. He bought there's cases of eight oh five in the fridge every really? week, right? And then uh he's all stoked about the King and I stuff and so and then I come home last week and there's monsters in the garage. I was like, Oh. Joe Shimoda, three week update. Feels good to be back. He's riding. Yep. Joe Shimoda at Paula today. Wow. Crazy. Jojo. All right, well I gotta cut out. All all right. Right. I gotta freaking get to Kiefer's house. All well. right. Guys, thanks for uh, listening to this week's Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. We'll talk to you next week after Detroit. Wait, do we do? I don't know if I want the the. <clears throat> don't put the, any pressure on them. The Instagram. No, I'm leaving. Huh? No, no, Alex Ray. Uh, main event bonus. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just make it. You you. <laughs> okay, okay. If you make the main event, you buy us all lunch next Monday. That's, oh, I that's like that. opposite pressure. Be in fourth place in the LCQ and see me just fucking endo over the triple. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.